0: Hey, you guys, welcome to my podcast. My name is Kat and I'm a PA and content creator obsessed with connecting with like-minded people about all things PA, adulting, and everything in between. On this podcast, we'll talk about tools to find success in your career and how to cultivate joy in your everyday. I'm so excited to have you here along for the ride. So let's freaking do this. Happy Monday, everyone. Okay, so it's been a while since we've talked about new grad, PA tips and tricks, do's and don'ts, the whole shebang, and I know many of you guys are graduating very soon, and many of you guys actually graduate in the summertime, and first of all, congrats to all the soon to be new grads, and second, if you haven't listened to Almost a New Grad Part 1, definitely check it out. It was actually one of my first episodes, and there's some great information there as well. But today, we're extending beyond that, beyond part one, to chat about a few tips as you're completing PA school and entering this new grad experience. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Okay, let's jump right into our first do, which is I highly highly recommend taking your boards as soon as you can after graduation some people may disagree with this recommendation you know some people want more time to study which is totally understandable but some people are like heck yes i'm totally on board with you and let me tell you why here is my thought process behind it you know yourself if you're doing well in pa school and on your eors or your end of rotation exams you're going to do just Fine. You're going to do great on the pants. You have to trust your education. You're going to have a minimum of, I think, it's like 7 to 10 days post-graduation before you can even sit for your boards anyways, so that's some extra time to study as well. Usually, to graduate PA school, you have to take another pack rat, which is like a practice pants essentially. You don't even have to score a certain percentage on that, but most programs also have you do a cumulative exam to pass, so you'll likely be studying for these exams anyways, and the pack rat is a good idea of where you're sitting at going into the pants. I'm telling you, you are the sharpest on your knowledge walking out of PA school. Then like, you lose it until you start working for at least several months, and even while you're working, you get in this like niche of complaints that you see and forget, like the rest, After PA school, your brain is tired and you will see on the first day of clinical work just how much your brain was letting go between graduation and your first day of work. So my point is, you've been drinking out of the fire hose this whole time in PA school. I highly just recommend you try it for two more weeks post-graduation and then you could totally relax. Let's think of another reason you'd want to do it sooner rather than later. A big one that comes to mind is money. You cannot obtain your license and therefore your DEA some credentialing paperwork with your employer until you have passed the pants. On average it takes about one to two weeks to get your pants results back then it takes an average of around two to four weeks to get your license depending on the state. I'm just going based off my personal experience then an average of four weeks to get your DEA and an average of three months to credential at most hospitals and practices. A lot of the credentialing can actually happen before some of this stuff is in and you can certainly work on the parts that you can control, like getting your NPI number, which is an absolute must as soon as you graduate. But the point here is that you're probably eager to make money and start working sooner rather than later after taking like two plus years off to attend PA school and most likely not working during that time. The sooner you take the pants when you're mostly ready, and trust me, most of you guys are going to be more than ready, even if it doesn't feel like it, the sooner that potential paycheck can come rolling in. This little note here is gonna tie in well with our last tip today, so make sure to stay tuned. But in the meantime, let's move on to one of our don'ts. Do not, and I repeat, do not compare your interview and job offers to your friends, but also do not be afraid to support each other in getting jobs. Listen, I am not saying don't talk about it or share your experiences. I'm also not saying don't be happy for your friends because this is an absolute must saying is try not to become discouraged by your friends getting interview offers or job offers and you're not quite there yet or if their salary is like 20k more than yours or whatever it may be you don't know the whole package and we'll chat about this shortly again as well so stay tuned but something that would be helpful is leaning on each other to help each other smash your respective interviews I want to tell a story here. I remember we only had maybe like a few weeks left of PA school and no one was really talking about jobs. It was like really hush hush. I don't know if this is like the same thing you've experienced at your PA school, and I don't really know what was going on because I was I was nosy in a good way and I wanted to celebrate my friends getting jobs or helping each other out to prepare for our interviews. But near the end of PA school, it feels like no one wants to talk about job offers because one, maybe they just like want to keep it to themselves. Maybe they don't want anyone else to try to get that job or they don't want anyone to feel bad who doesn't have an interview offer or job offer. Like you'd ask your peer how the job search was going and it was like a very vague answer. So you know... I just kind of stopped asking but of course like within my little friend group we we chatted about it but so i had a job offer and i just assumed some people did but maybe not a lot because no one really talked about it but what happened was we were in a huge lecture and our professor just randomly threw out the question raise your hand if you've been on interviews And I shit you not, people, the whole class had been on at least one interview because everyone raised their hand. Then she says, raise your hand if you have a job offer. And you see about 50 to 75% of the class having job offers. Everyone was kind of like licking each other, like kind of thrown off because we all weren't talking about it, but we were all kind of forced to share that information with each other in some way. The reality is if you're staying local to your PA school, you're essentially competing against your classmates for jobs. And I think that can be the mentality of a cohort near graduation. But looking back, almost everyone I was in class with had a job offer by the time graduation came around. So was it really worth hiding it and not chatting about it? Like I really think looking back, we all could have used that extra support to chat about, you know, interview tips and kind of what questions to ask, kind of like we're doing here. And I guess that's a little hint to our next do. But looking back it just it probably would have taken away the awkwardness to have like a more open conversation and discussion about interviews and jobs. If you feel comfortable, I definitely recommend chatting with a close classmate about this type of stuff so that you can really relish in some excitement together also have some support when it comes to preparing for an interview and accepting a job offer or if you don't get the job offer and and not having to go through it alone good friends support you in this exciting chapter and we can still be good friends even if we aren't quite there yet on the same not both having job offers if that makes sense but let's move on to our next do which actually ties in great with job offers and it is do ask these three questions in your interview Okay, you're in their interview, you're so excited, you've got questions to ask them, they've got questions to ask you, and I'm going to talk about three questions I either asked or wish I asked during my interview. Number one being, can you tell me more about the orientation process for your new hires? As a new hire, just in general, whether you're a new grad or not, it's really important if you're not familiar with the company that you have an adequate amount of time with hands-on training. Honestly, the same applies even if you are familiar with the company and just in a new role, but this is even more important when we're talking about a fresh new graduate. I wouldn't even cower away from this question, even if you're scared of pointing out that you're a new grad. They should know that when they offered you the interview invite, and you need to know what the expectation can be for the first two weeks, two months, six months, the first year. Not having this expectation laid out can lead to easy burnout and frustration in your new grad period. And that is something we are trying to avoid. So definitely make sure to ask this question. Second, ask the interviewer, why do you like working for this company? This is a really, really good gauge of someone else's passion for the company. They should be able to tell you what exactly they enjoy about the company very quickly. People also love to talk about their own experience. so This is like a really good way to facilitate this. And if they can't come up with something that they love about the company, something genuine, that's kind of a red flag. So definitely make sure to ask this question. Number three, and this is a question I recently heard and I so wish I asked it on my interview, but it's a really, really good one. So what I would ask is, What's one non-negotiable quality you're looking for in the individual who fills this role? This is an excellent question to ask. One, it makes them think really hard about the most important aspect of this role, and subconsciously, the interviewer will work to associate that with you the rest of the interview. And two, it lets you know if that's a non-negotiable you can reach and fulfill or not. So I definitely recommend asking this question. I'm going to put it in my little arsenal of questions to ask in the future. If there's questions you thought were vital in your interview process that we didn't mention here, definitely share them with me. Send them my way over DM so we can definitely utilize each other to succeed. In the meantime, let's move on to our next don't. Don't sweat the salary. Look, I know that everyone's trying to make money we really want to make the most money that we can that is you know that's the American dream no that's just like the reality of being a human and how expensive life is it just makes sense in how much debt we have like of course we want to maximize our income right but what I mean by this is salary is not everything it's important but like we were chatting about before when you think about your peers offers it is not the whole package right Being offered a salary of $120,000 for 50 hours of work a week and call Saturday and Sunday twice a month and three weeks of PTO is not the same as an hourly rate that equals $104,000 on average with the potential for overtime at time and a half with no weekends, no calls, no holidays, and offers bonus incentives with five weeks of PTO a year. Those are two very different contracts, right? This is also not the same as a dermatology offer that may have a lower base pay but then product Productivity pay on top of this, though I may veer away from this as a new grad who doesn't yet have a patient panel, but that's a topic for another day. My point is that you're gonna have different components of the offer that matter to you most. For someone, this is gonna be like a hard salary number, right? For someone else, this is an hourly rate, or it's the schedule, or the benefits, the quality and cost of those benefits. Retirement plans are you vested day one or year five when it comes to your retirement? Paid time off matters, maternity leave, remote work, possibly CME. All of these things matter and together they make this one package. So salary can look both really appealing but also sometimes really offensive, but you have to take into consideration the whole package that you're getting. Remember also that salary is not the only negotiable component of an offer, but if you do want to make sure that you're within an appropriate range, I definitely recommend comparing to the AAPA Salary Report and we can always talk about that as well as contract offers in the future. But for now, let's move on to our last two. Do take enough loans to cover the time frame from graduation to starting your job. This ties into what I was saying about the pants earlier on. You may want to take it as soon as possible so that you can potentially decrease the time between graduation and working, aka making money, Right. Some people are maybe in a more financially savvy chapter where they may not have needed to take out loans for school or they were able to take a small amount each semester. However, I am conversing with the people like me who also had to finance their tuition expenses and their living expenses. Many of my peers will say the same. There is quite a bit of time often between graduating and getting your first paycheck. For some people, this is really short, like a couple weeks. For others, it's an average of three to four months, and there's some people who don't start working for many months, maybe even up to a year. So if you're not in a place to rely on family to crash with, funding this nomad chapter is definitely going to be vital. You also have to pay for the pants, licensing fees, your DEA, which is like $800 or $900 now, and whatever else. And, like, and many times your employer may reimburse you for these things, but you may be having to pay for these up front. You also want to possibly travel and just like live a little bit after going through the craziness of PA school, which is totally understandable and acceptable. So my advice is, even if you're trying to stay under the maximum you're allotted to take out during school, and that's basically covered you essentially for all your needs during each semester, consider taking out the maximum that you can based on your program's cost of living assessment that they send out, usually via email, from their financial office during your last semester to carry you over until your first paycheck. Take it from somebody who's been there. Okay, you guys, that is part two of almost a new grads do's and don'ts. I am sure we'll be able to add a third part here sometime soon. But just to recap, here are the do's and don'ts one more time. One, do take your boards, AKA the pants ASAP? You know your stuff. You've got this. Two, do not compare your offer to your friends offers, but also don't be afraid to support each other. Three, do ask these three questions in your interview. Ask about the orientation process ask what they love about working for the company, and ask them what's one non-negotiable quality they're looking for in this role. Four, don't sweat the salary. Take a look at the whole package. And five, do make sure to take out enough money to cover for the time between graduating and working. That is all I have for you today. Some quick do's and don'ts and some things I wish I did. Thank you so much for listening today. Please let me know if you enjoyed this episode or leave a five-star review. But until next time, you guys, I hope you have a great safe day. And if you're taking the pants soon, good luck.